This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Most of you listening right now are probably multitasking. Yep, while you're listening to me talk, you're probably also driving, cleaning, exercising, or maybe even grocery shopping. But if you're not in some kind of moving vehicle, there's something else you can be doing right now. Getting an auto quote from Progressive Insurance. It's easy, and you could save money by doing it right from your phone. Drivers who save by switching to Progressive save nearly $750 on average, and auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. Discounts for having multiple vehicles on your policy, being a homeowner, and more. So just like your favorite podcast, Progressive will be with you 24-7, 365 days a year, so you're protected no matter what. Multitask right now. Quote your car insurance at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. Sweet Tarts dared to combine sweet and tart. But we didn't stop there. We combined soft and bouncy to bring you new Sweet Tarts Gummies Fruity Splits, a uniquely delicious dual-sided gummy with one side that's sweet and one side that's tart, but entirely smooth and squishy. Mmm, a powerfully perfect combo. Sweet Tarts, dare to combine. Hey there, Mr. Reddit here. Welcome back to another episode of r slash Entitled Parent Stories. Our first story we'll be reading today. Karen threatens to scratch my car because I stole her parking spot. After that, Entitled Kid wants my custom knee brace. And after that, make me look bad on the job? Well, we'll see about that. Now for every thumbs up this video gets, one Karen does not get to steal someone's parking spot. But I deserve it! So please smash that like button. And if you're new, subscribe and turn on notifications for new stories from Reddit every single day. Karen threatens to scratch my car because I stole her parking spot. This happened about an hour ago. In the city where I live, it's really hard to find parking where you're allowed to park for longer than three hours. The only places you can park longer is in public parking garages, but you really need to be there before 8am because it fills up fairly quickly. I was a little late this morning, so the garage was kind of packed already. I prefer to park on the ground floor because I don't have to walk as long. I looked around for a while and actually found a single spot on the ground floor. But there was a car standing with a turn signal on just by the spot, like on the way to pull into the parking spot, but the person just stood there and was on the phone not paying attention to me. I waited a few seconds, because I don't want to be rude, and snatched the spot in front of the person, but the lady in the car didn't notice me, so of course I took the spot. No reaction, got out of the car, still no reaction. But just when I was about to leave, the lady in the car honked at me, which scared the crap out of me, and she rolled down her window. She didn't look like the typical Karen. She was in her late 30s and kind of good looking actually, until she started talking with her Karen voice. We've got the entitled lady and we've got me, Karen. Excuse me, screaming at me. I looked around confused, but I didn't understand if she talked to me or someone else. Me. Uh, me? Who else, moron? You're the only one here stealing other people's parking spots. Me. Excuse me? You know that these are public parking. There's no reserved parking spots. If it's occupied, then find another spot. But you saw that I was about to pull into that spot. Me. No. You were on your phone for a solid 30 seconds just standing there. But I was just answering a text and I had my blinker on. Just move your car now. I need a spot on the ground floor. I have a hard time walking because I'm disabled. Me. If you're disabled, then why aren't you parking in a handicapped spot? The two by the entrance are free. But 
I don't have a permit for that, but that's beyond the point. Now move. Me, if you don't have a permit, then you're probably not even disabled. That's none of your business. Why can't you just move the car? You're younger than me, so you would have an easier time walking from the second floor. Me, I don't have time for this. I'll be late for work. I don't care. Leave then. By the way, I know which car is yours. Would be kind of unfortunate if something happened to it. Yes, she actually said that out loud. Me, and I'll know which idiot did it now that you told me. Then I proceed to take up my phone and I walk closer and snapped a photo first of my car where I was in the parking spot. Then I snapped a photo of Karen's car so you could see both the license plate and her face. This made her explode in rage and she got out of the car and started screaming at me that I assaulted her and that she was calling the police if I didn't delete the photo and move my car. I didn't actually answer her. My first thought was when I saw her size, she was kind of big, was I can easily run away from her. So I just said, good luck with that. Bye, Karen. Then I started running out of the parking garage and Karen actually ran after me and she was a lot quicker than I expected. My office is really close to the parking garage. It's like 200 meters. So I ran for the door and quickly got out my key and opened the door and I just about closed the door in her face. I waved goodbye and smiled and headed up to my office. That was some good morning exercise, I would say. This should be a sport. Instead of running from bulls, we would run from Karens. I hope that she doesn't scratch my car, but if she does, I have evidence that she actually was there at that time and there's probably cameras in the parking garage too. Update. The lady apparently tried to get into the office after I closed the door in her face. The door is always locked and we have a phone by the door that goes to the reception, but the receptionist will of course only let you in if you have an appointment with someone at the company and you have to provide a name and time of the appointment, otherwise you won't be let in. The receptionist told me at our coffee break that some crazy lady called on the door phone and demanded to be let in. The receptionist told her the same as everyone. What's your name? With who do you have an appointment and which time? Karen came up with some BS excuse that she wanted to talk to her son. She made up some name for her son even, but the receptionist simply answered, No one by that name works here. Are you sure you have the right address? She tried another excuse about how she saw a criminal enter the building. The receptionist said that she hadn't seen any suspicious people enter the office and that she should call the cops instead. I told her about the incident in the parking garage this morning and that it was probably the same lady and we had a good laugh about it. There's one thing I still wonder about. There's four different companies in this building, so you have to pick which one when you make a call on the door phone and the company I work at is at the bottom of the list. She can't know which company I work at, so I wonder if she called all the companies and hoped to find the correct one. Would you move your car if Karen demanded it or not? Please let us know. If you don't, I'll just scratch it. Don't try me, Mr. Reddit. Entitled Kid Wants My Custom Knee Brace We've got Entitled Mom, we've got Entitled Kid, and me. Okay, so I walk with a cane and have an expensive hinged knee brace. It's a brag if you want to look it up for pricing. They range, but mine is well over $400. If I don't wear it, my knee buckles up backwards and I fall on my face. I also use a cane when I walk and have several other health issues. I was at Mayor walking around looking at toys last November for my kids for Christmas. I am very pregnant and my doctor warned me to avoid stress and that my baby will probably be a month early. So I'm taking it easy, walking slow, taking breaks and relaxing often. I get to the toy cars and I'm looking through them looking for ones my kid doesn't have for stocking stuffers when I feel something touch my leg. I look behind me and entitled kid looks up and smiles at me. I smile back and the following happens. Me. Hello. It's not polite to touch other people's things, 
Can you not touch my brace, please? Thank you, entitled kid. But I want it. Give it to me. Me. No, I can't walk without it. You can't have it. And it's not your size anyway. It's made for an adult. I don't care. Give it to me or I'll tell my mommy. Me. Okay, that's fine. You can tell your mom. You cannot have it, sweetheart. At this point, the kid wanders away, and I assume that when the kid says they wanted my knee brace, they'd get in trouble. I can remember wondering how that conversation would go for that kid and their parent. I start picking through the cars and find a couple my son doesn't have and put them in my cart and start looking at the track sets they have and check their pricing against Amazon's pricing. I'm scrolling through my phone when I can feel and hear the Velcro being pulled apart on my brace. I pull my leg up and turn around and see the kid sitting there. Me. Excuse me, I told you no. You cannot have or touch my brace. Mom said I could just take it because you're faking. Me. I'm not faking anything. You need to go back to your mom now. Entitled kid. Mommy. The kid is crying, shrieking, and causing a huge scene screaming for their mother and grabbing at my brace, which is making me unbalanced. I can feel my heart rate going up and I'm starting to worry about falling and hurting my baby. Entitled mom. What's the problem here? Me. Your kid is asking for my brace. I tell them no, and they try to take it off of me. Well, just give it to them then. I don't see what the big deal is. You can buy another. Me. My insurance only covers new ones every five years. I can't get another one. If your son wants a knee brace, you need to tell him he can't have mine. After years of fine print contracts and getting ripped off by overpriced wireless providers, if we've learned anything, it's that there's always a catch. So when I heard that Mint Mobile wireless plans are $15 a month when you purchase a three-month plan, I thought, what's the catch? But after talking to them, it all made sense. There isn't one. Mint Mobile's secret sauce is that they sell wireless service online. They cut out the cost of retail stores and pass those sweet savings directly to you. With Mint Mobile, my connection is so much better than my previous wireless provider, and I'm saving so much now on my monthly bill. Mint Mobile is here to rescue you with premium wireless plans for just 15 bucks a month. All plans come with unlimited talk and text plus high-speed data delivered on the nation's largest 5G network. To get this new customer offer and your new 3-month unlimited wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month, go to mintmobile.com/redder. That's mintmobile.com/redder. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com/redder. Additional taxes, fees and restrictions apply. See Mint Mobile for details. Night racing is back at Richmond Raceway. This spring, top NASCAR drivers like Ryan Blaney, Chase Elliott, Bubba Wallace, Ross Chastain, and Virginia's own Denny Hamlin will battle under the bright lights. And this historic track also offers a rocking infield experience with unparalleled access to your favorite drivers and one of the best tailgate scenes around. For a weekend of friends, family, and amazing short track action, head to Richmond Raceway, March 29th through 31st. Get tickets now at richmondraceway.com. Well, he can have yours. Take it off and give it to me. The entitled mom steps forward and bends over and starts trying to undo my brace. I kick her away and she falls down. It wasn't a hard kick since it was my bad side, but enough to know I mean business. Me. No, help! Don't touch me! Entitled mom. You kicked me! You kicked me! Someone call the police. I will have you arrested for this. Now a crowd is forming and I'm crying and my brace is half undone around my leg and sagging, giving zero support. I pull my cane out of the cart and use it to support myself while management is asking if I'm okay and I'm nodding while Entitled Mom is shrieking still at everyone. 
They walk me to the shoe department to separate us, and I sit on a bench and calm down. The next thing I know, a cop is asking me for my brace I stole. I explained I didn't steal it, that it's mine, and that some woman and her kid were trying to steal it off my leg. The officer asks for proof it's mine, so I pull up recent photos of me getting it fitted and walking with it at the doctor's office, as well as my chart where I have the letter stored saying insurance would cover it completely. He asked me to take it off since she's claiming it's damaged so he can inspect it. I let him and he informs me that there's a piece missing. I look at it and sure enough a piece is missing. I start to cry again and realize I've broken my brace and I won't get another one for 5 years. He asks if it was broken before. I said no, it must have broken when I kicked entitled mom off of me while she was trying to steal it. The officer excuses himself and I'm sitting there with employees. After a while, he comes back and gives me a case number and informs me he's arresting the entitled mom for destruction of medical equipment and attacking a disabled person. I'm in shock, but he says he watched the security camera and knows I'm telling the truth and that she attacked me and I was defending myself. I ended up going into labor that night from the stress and had to stay on an IV drip for three days in the hospital to get it to stop. I go home and my insurance billed her for a new brace. She refused to pay until my friend used his letterhead at a lawyer's office to inform her if she didn't pay that he would be taking her to court for it. I had my baby early, but not because of this event, thank God. She's 10 months old now, October 2020, and my husband brought it up today and asked me to post it here. Make me look bad on the job? Well, we'll see about that. I worked at a clothing store in a mall for a year and a half. It was not fun. But I was thinking back to my time there recently and I forgot this golden gem of pro revenge. So a new girl had been hired as many people knew did in that job and right away you could tell she thought she was hot crap. She was talking and acting like a manager, talking about how many hours she had and worst of all she wouldn't shut up about all the dudes that she was hooking up with and how the money she got from them was the most important part. To put it lightly, she was a cold-hearted jerk who made everyone feel bad about their insignificant lives as she put it. Here's where things go down. In our store, all the racks were milled steel bars and hooks so really hard to break and really expensive. They could however be bent out of shape if enough heavy coats stay on them for long periods of time. Miss Jerk here thought it would be a good idea to impress the management by putting all the coats on the same rack using the milled steel bars instead of a circular rack that wouldn't warp. I protested of course as I had been there longer, but she said, I get paid more than you, so do what I say. She got hired as a key holder out of the gate, so she made a dollar more than I did per hour. I go along with it, put the heavy winter coats up on the milled steel and go about my life. Well, two weeks later, the milled steel is of course warped and when management saw this, they flipped. Cheapo store, any cost was bad to them. Anyways, she blames it on me and I get written up for it. Now, I refused to sign, so they gave me less hours which also cut my pay. Because she lied, I was now making 50% less than before and had a formal written complaint against me. To say I was ticked off wouldn't even start. So I devised a plan to get back at her. You see, the drywall on the center pillars had sustained water damage from an early milt earlier that year, making them extremely soft. However, they provide some of the largest coverage of shelf space in the entire store meaning basically a good 20% of the shelf space couldn't be used. Now, the kicker is, Miss Jerk didn't know about this as she came in a week after it had happened, and to the naked eye, you wouldn't think that the pillar couldn't be used as there were banners on it to try and hide the yellowing. 
I may have suggested what a waste not being able to have product on those pillars was and how if someone could come up with a nice display, it would bring in a lot of customers due to how people could see it from the mall main floor. We were just off the food court. Her eyes lit up. And here's the thing. I was taking a small break to a nice snowy lake cabin the next day and the people she had working with her were the manager or the temps who were not allowed to handle marketing and logistics such as putting up shelves and racks on the wall due to their cost and the incident that got me rode up. Now I knew she wouldn't want the managers to see it because she wanted all the glory from it. She wanted to show to our three stores in the mall that her store was the best while the managers weren't around. So she being with a temp and them not being able to put up shelving put the heavy winter clothing on milled steel racks attached to the soft drywall pillars. Within a week, the drywall on the pillars collapsed and ruined $500 worth of product. Now, she tried to shift the blame on me, but I was away for the whole week, so it could not have been me because obviously that couldn't happen if I'm in the forest hundreds of miles from civilization. So no dice there, and she promptly got charged with the repair, demoted to sales associate, and written up for what they finally realized was not just this, but the one they wanted me to sign. The repair was $2,500 plus the $500 stock that got destroyed when 40 pounds of drywall came crushing down on it. But I wasn't done yet. You see, our manager in our store specifically was pretty chill and she's still a personal friend to me. She had a group chat so we could talk off hours and keep up to date. Now, as I mentioned before, she wouldn't shut up about all the men that she was playing and how the only thing that mattered was the money. And boy, oh boy, did she use the group chat to say a lot of this. Sometimes one of these dudes would come around and take her for lunch. Let's just say when she was in the back for a little while finishing something up that I let them see the text channel if they promised not to let her know I told them. So often they'd go on their lunch date and after one or two days she'd be down a man. Finally this boiled over when one of them took her phone, saw how many guys she'd been using for money and messaged all of them about how much of a lying cheat she was. After two months her fountain of man money dried up and now, demoted to a sales associate, she didn't have the money to spend on all her lavish nights out or designer clothing. She eventually moved up to another store for more hours and stole money from the till, causing her to get fired. A fitting end to a backstabbing ice queen, I think. I eventually left that job after half a year later to pursue my current job. Edit to clear things up. To those saying that charging an employee for repairs is illegal, 100%. However, she decided to instead take a pay cut until it was paid back and keep her job rather than be fired. Minimum wage here is $15 an hour, so she took the cut down to approximately $12 in order to pay it back. Also, this company is super sketchy and will do anything not to pay for their mistakes, even going as far as to leave a hole in the roof, water damage, there for 10 months before fixing it, making it so during spring nothing could be put there. Have you ever had a coworker you just couldn't stand? If so, what did you do about it? Please let us know. Does a co-host that I can't stand count? Nitpick the dress code? I can do that too. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. 
Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Our junior high dress code was a pain. Most teachers didn't care so long as kids weren't distracting. The principal of the junior high, however, insisted on enforcing every single rule. A friend of mine wore a long sleeve shirt under a tank top. The principal insisted she couldn't wear the tank top because tank tops were against the dress code, but she couldn't take off the tank top because her shirt was slightly see-through, another violation. Instead of allowing her to simply wear the tank top over her long sleeve shirt, she sent her home. I decided this wouldn't stand. I studied every rule in the dress code to prove how stupid it was. I started off small and worked my way up. No open-toed sandals. This one was easy. I wore open-toed high heels. Nothing in the rules against high heels, and the open-toed rule only applied to sandals the way it was written. Shirts must be tucked into pants. Belts must be worn through belt loops. Knocked out too here by wearing a skirt. Skirts, or at least the one I wore, had no belt loops and wasn't considered pants, so I was not required to tuck in anything or wear a stupid belt. Backpacks must be plain colored with no pins or excessive accessories. I picked up a briefcase from a resale shop and slapped it with every sticker I could find. Any random logo or inspirational sticker I had laying around got slapped on it. Technically, a briefcase isn't a backpack. No costumes allowed. I verified this. My school considered a costume to be anything only worn for a certain period of time or for a certain reason. If you wore it all day long, it was an outfit, not a costume. I took advantage of this one badly. Once a week, I dressed up as a lawyer, a clown, a hippie, a Shakespearean actor, a superhero, a cameraman, etc. Complete, of course, with as many accessories as I could handle, so long as I never took them off. This made gym class interesting. They weren't considered part of a costume. I ended up letting kids pick out what I would dress as each week. No crazy hairstyle. Kept my hair natural colors and kept the style as something that was at least popular at one point. Beehive took forever, but was the most satisfying. Bonus points if I could find pictures of adults who were still wearing their hair like that currently. Shirts are not allowed to have logos or print, only patterns and consistent designs. Consistent designs was my loophole here. No print? Fine. But consistent print made specifically to look like a design? At this point, the principal was going mad and she didn't let this one slide. She insisted I change, which I expected. Gym shorts must reach students' knees or be at least as long as their fingertips. Guess whose fingertips reach about 3 inches below their waist? I started wearing the short shorts, but my shorts were still longer than my fingers. I even offered to change back into my other clothes. At this point in the year, we were almost done with school. Other kids were following my lead and were driving the principal mad. I decided to kick it up a bit further. I attacked what should have been the most basic rule. No sunglasses. Rose-colored glasses aren't considered sunglasses because you can easily see through them. Still, the principal jerked them off my face and insisted I wouldn't get them back until the end of the day. No tank tops. I wore a dress with spaghetti straps. It wasn't a shirt, so I wasn't breaking a rule. Belts must be plain with no dangerous materials. Plain it must be, so plain I went. I wore a shoestring as a belt. I wore a braided yarn string as a belt. I even wore a spandex band sewn to my pants as a belt. No Crocs. Crocs are not the only rubber shoe, my friends. I found every off-brand croc I could get a hold of. Finally, at the end of the year, I wore one of my most outrageous outfits. I wore a dress, think bathing suit cover-up, over leggings and a shirt that barely classified as a t-shirt. I wore shoes with a 4-inch cork heel. 
I had on fake glasses, no lenses, and a 4-inch wide headband. I wore bangles up to my elbows and anklets on each foot. I had a box to carry my books in that was decorated with blinking battery-powered fairy lights. I walked right up to the principal and gave her a smile. Kids paused to see what would happen. I waited to see what she would say. We had had this conversation all year. She would point out the rule I broke and I would prove how I didn't. She sighed. Principal. Fine, but if even one teacher says you're distracting to the class, you change clothes. We shook on it. Only thing I had to ditch was part of the bangles. They kept clanging while I wrote. In the end, I ended up getting the dress code rewritten and amended, and the principal implemented a new procedure where dress code violations were not sent home. They were noted, and students had to wear a piece of duct tape indicating the specific violation. If you forgot a belt, you put a piece of tape on a belt loop. Kids only started to get in trouble after three dress code violations in the same week. Since she lightened up on the dress code and how harshly it was punished, she stopped having trouble with kids breaking it all the time. It worked out for everyone. Edit, because everyone keeps asking for photos. I'm going to look, but this was several years ago. I'm done with college now. And besides the fact, we didn't take a lot of photos because this wasn't exactly an odd thing for me to do. We've also had several hurricanes and floods that ruined most of my childhood evidence. If photos proved my life, I was born at 18. Have you ever had a dress code that you didn't agree with? If so, what was wrong with it? Please let us know. As long as I can wear my live, laugh, love shirts, I'm good. Am I the jerk for refusing to attend any celebrations in my family because of something that happened when I was a teenager? My elder sister had terrible depression while growing up. We were polar opposites. She was very introverted and struggling while I was an extrovert and had a ton of friends and had it easy in high school. After a bad spiral, my sister broke down and cried to my mom about how easy I had it and that she loathed herself more because of me. My parents were very worried that she was going to do something drastic and their solution was to have me stop hanging out with my friends. Outside school, I wasn't allowed to hang out with my friends. I would text slash call them, but I couldn't meet them. My elder sister loved this and she kept saying how me not rubbing her face and the fact I am better than her is helping her mental health immensely. So, during the ages of 14 to 18, I wasn't allowed to have friends outside school. During my birthdays, my mom used to not celebrate because she felt me having too much fun would affect my sister. She would make me skip school on my birthday so that I wouldn't have a secret celebration and anything that's a gift is strictly forbidden. Obviously, I broke the stupid rule and had a ton of friends, many of whom I'm still in contact with. During that time, I began to hate my mother and my sister. My dad tried to cheer me up, but he never said anything in my defense. I stopped celebrating anything with them. Birthdays, Mother's Day, Father's Day, etc. Whenever they asked me about it or accused me of not bothering, I would just say that I didn't get anything for them because I didn't want to upset my elder sister. I got a full ride to college and didn't speak to any of them after that. Five years later, my dad fell sick and I responded when they reached out. I started speaking to my mom and dad again. I refused to talk to my elder sister. She's still miserable and bitter and very, very alone, and I would like to be as far away from her as possible. I have still not celebrated anything with them. A few months ago, my parents had their anniversary, and I didn't wish them or get them a gift. They asked me if I wanted to come for a small dinner with close friends and family, and I just replied, I don't want to upset anyone by celebrating something. My mom was really mad. She told me that I either need to forgive them or just go no contact again. She said that there's no point in me saying that I'm willing to forgive them and then making snide remarks or throwing things back in her face. I listened to her and then decided to go no contact again. My parents aren't respecting my decision and are accusing me of being stuck in the past. 
This all happened a few months ago, and I'm merely curious to what Reddit thinks. Am I the jerk? Well, what would you do in this situation? Would you forgive them or not? Please let us know. I don't think I could, to be honest. They were wrong for what they did. Go tell the principal what I did? All right, but you really might want to write a note next time. Background. My science teacher in ninth grade hated me. I'm pretty sure it started because we had a difference in opinion and it just escalated. Basically, my entire year with her was nothing but malicious compliance. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Story. We arrive in class, sit down and get our pins out. The teacher, Mrs. Science, for purposes of our story, hands out a worksheet. I glance down and I realize I know all the answers, so I go ahead and fill it out. It only takes me a minute or so. I flip it over when I'm done and focus on what Mrs. Science is saying. It dawns on me that she's now going over the chapter that the worksheet covered. I didn't want to interrupt the class and I also didn't want to listen to her teach what I already knew. So I grabbed a library book from my bag and start to read quietly at my desk. Ten minutes later, I hear Mrs. Science call my name. I look up, expecting to have her ask me a question about what she was teaching. Mrs. Science, why are you reading a book? Me, I already know this material. What do you mean? Me, you're going over the chapter for the worksheet. I already know this and I finished it already. Miss Science, what do you mean you finished the worksheet? I didn't tell you to start that yet. Me, oh, I'm sorry. Teacher, hmm, fine, bring it up here. I walked my worksheet to the front. Mrs. Science put it on the projector and graded it in front of the class. I got a 100 on it. The class immediately started copying my answers. Mrs. Science got really mad about that. Go to the principal right now. Me, are you going to give me a note? No, just go and tell her what you did. Me, alright. I left and did just that. I told the very busy principal I did my work and got a 100 and my teacher sent me to see her. She immediately sent me back and Mrs. Science got even more mad that I came back so quickly. She then escorted me down to the principal. Of course, the principal verified that I, one, did my worksheet, two, got a 100, and three, was reading quietly before telling Mrs. Science to leave her alone. Of course, that didn't sit well with Mrs. Science, but that ends the malicious compliance portion of this story. If you want to hear more, let me know in the comments. Edit. I've been asked to share the fallout. My bad. Ultimate fallout was the teacher being ever so grateful I left her class. Throw a party the last week of class grateful. I never got in trouble and she continued working at the school. Last I heard, she was still working there. Although I did hear she was much more lenient about kids reading in class after that. One of the best responses to a customer complaint I have ever seen. Some background. A customer placed a $500 deposit using their credit card to start the process on an order. The customer canceled the order a few days later and was well within the cooling down period. 
The order was canceled and the money was refunded to the card. This all happened within the same week back in December of 2019. The salesperson in question is one of our most successful salespeople and last year almost made $200,000 in total compensation. Truth be told, until recently, no one had paid any attention to this particular transaction. The sales manager at the start of October sent out a marketing email to all his past customers sharing some news in an attempt to generate some business. The customer from December of 2019 said he didn't want to do business with him, requested to be removed from the mailing list, first time he's requested this to our knowledge, which we did comply with, and accused the salesperson of stealing his $500. The salesperson checked the order, ensured the money was refunded as it should have been, even going out of his way to check with accounting, who did confirm the refund was issued with no serious delay or issue. The salesperson advised the customer of this, to which the customer accused the salesperson of stealing his $500. The salesperson provided the customer with his manager's contact details and told the customer if he feels that strongly that he stole from him, he should report him. The customer filed a complaint with us. We investigated the complaint. We determined that indeed everything had been done by the book and that the credit card used was actually a card in the customer's name. Basically, no funny business took place. We, however, did invite the customer to provide bank statements if he feels like we didn't refund the money, and if we can't see the refund, we will send him a $500 check. Generally, when we do this, the customer goes back, sees that we did indeed refund the money, but they didn't notice it. The customer rejected our response and demanded he be compensated and threatened legal action, over $500. It was escalated to our regional VP who reviewed the details and came to the same conclusion, to which the VP wrote this email. Dear customer, it has come to my attention that you have accused person X of stealing $500 from you. You used your own credit card to place the $500 deposit and canceled within the grace period, which means you received a full refund. We have checked our accounting and everything appears to suggest that this is exactly what happened. We have invited you to provide evidence if you disagree with this statement and even went so far as to say if you can provide that the money was never returned to you, we would mail you a check in the amount of $500. You have failed to provide any evidence supporting your claims. Also, Mr. Salesperson is one of the most successful sales professionals in our organization and has over a 15-year track record of proven success. Mr. Salesperson has one of the highest customer satisfaction ratings in our organization by a substantial margin. In addition to it being impossible for our salesperson to steal customer deposits, our system simply does not allow for that. The fact that you have accused him of stealing your deposit with no evidence to back up your claim is disturbing. In response to this, you have decided to threaten us with a lawsuit. I've spoken to our lawyers and they have advised me if you wish to pursue legal action, you should have your attorney contact them. The contact details are below. Furthermore, I have made the decision to blacklist you from ever being a customer of ours again. Please note, any responses to this email will be forwarded to our attorney. I wish you all the best. I translated the email, it wasn't written in English, but I printed out the email and showed it to our salesperson and told him to block the customer's email. Karma with extra spice. Bit of background. I'm a full-time student right now, but previously I was managing a clinic which had two separate businesses running out of the same space. I own shares in one of these businesses with who I will call MD because he's a medical doctor. I ran around the office all the time doing my jobs it took to be a medical office assistant and manager, plus helping with my other related business operating out of the same space, which had two nurses working out of one office. Different salespeople and company reps come through all the time and I didn't feel the need to get involved with them unless I absolutely had to because I was ulcer-inducing busy. There was one lady, we will call her Karen, who wanted to open a particular business. 
which I will not identify because it would make the story too identifiable, in the space next door. She made a point of introducing herself to the nurses and MD, but to the administrative staff and me, she was really snarky. She spoke in a very condescending voice to anyone but the doctors and nurses, and also did it with a big phony smile and slow words, which made it worse. I remember she would always say to the receptionist with this super sickly sweet but patronizing tone, You don't remember who I am, do you? I mostly noticed in passing while running around getting work done. She had asked MD about potentially joining our building together. It was one building in which we had half and she wanted to rent the other half, which was separated by a locked steel door and had entrances from the street for both, so that it would be almost a guarantee that our patients would go to her business. We discussed and immediately agreed that it was totally unethical for us to push patients towards any particular business. We can't control who rented the space unless it was undesirable, but we certainly weren't going to recommend a business we didn't have experience with or heaven forbid influence patient autonomy in any way. He wanted me to help him tell her this as he's a non-confrontational sort and she kept coming back to talk to him and he wanted backup. I figured it was also a good reason to have lunch across the street because sometimes you need to get the heck out of the office. So I made reservations. Everyone else had gone to lunch so I was sitting behind the front desk just after 12pm shuffling papers waiting for Karen to come in for what she thought was a lunch date with MD. He was finishing up some things in his closed office. Karen, in a voice dripping with condescension. You don't remember who I am, do you? I'm here to have a business meeting with the doctor. Me, pretty upset, but wanting to drag this out because the comeuppance would be sweeter. Yup, MD knows you're coming and there are reservations across the street for 12.15. He's just finishing up something in his office that's pretty important and will be out in another five. Karen, exactly like you would talk to a small child and showing me the time on her phone. You need to tell him I am here then so we can go to the restaurant. It's 12.03 now. Me. Hmm. Yeah, I don't think I'm going to do that. Karen, very offended by what she thinks is an inferior being uppity. Well then, I will just phone him myself. I basically just ignored her while she tried to phone his cell, which he didn't answer. He came out five minutes later and Karen swept up to him and gestured at me. This person didn't tell you I was here, but I guess now I can tell you. And then laughed like she said something funny. Indy, coldly angry and visibly offended. I wouldn't dream of making a decision without the advice of my business partner. I'm hungry, so let's just go and get this over with. Her facial expression was pretty satisfying when I led us all across the street for an amazing lunch. I almost felt sorry for her by how hard she sucked up to me through all of it. This video that just popped up on the screen, please come watch this next, you will love it. And if you join as a channel member today, we'll give you a special shout out in our next video. And to have us make a happy birthday video for you or a loved one, come visit us on Fiverr. Link pinned in the comments below. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy Judy. <laughs> The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.